All right. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? So-so, not too bad. It's good. There's good commotion and chatter in the room. I just want to say welcome to Colwood Church. My name is Sean, one of the pastors here on this team. And welcome to those of you who are online and visiting with us today as well. You're part of our family is, uh, too, and so we're just excited to, to have you here. Now, how many of you know that one of the primary reasons you will come to church is so that you can confess things? Anybody? You want to try this today? Because in 2020, I think a lot of us did something together, and I'm looking for the confessors here in the room today. How many of you in 2020, or maybe even in 2021, you did this thing called binge watching? Anybody want to admit it? Come on. Come on. Let's get it out. Come on. For those of you who aren't putting up your hands, I'm questioning you right now, but we're not supposed to judge, so I'll move on. Right, like we all, probably not all, but we many of us binge watched. We like to go to things. Now, one particular show that I got caught in in my binge watching had to do with this gentleman. He was from South Africa uh, and close to Cape Town, and uh, his name was Craig Foster. Craig Foster is a free diver, and. What he did is he decided to free dive one day, and in free diving, he found something really particular. So for the next entire year, he documents this journey underwater between him and an octopus. And the show was called My Octopus Teacher. I don't know if you've seen this or heard this, but fantastic, uh, life-changing in many respects. The relationship formed between this man and this animal was astounding. Craig himself said that this became an intimate relationship. The lessons that Craig began to present were mind-boggling to me. And at one point, believe this or not, in this journey, this octopus who was staying at a distance for most of it actually comes and he rests on Craig's chest. The relationship grew so much that this octopus had an attraction and a draw to what would typically be known as an enemy. And you begin to see this formidable relationship happening. Craig said this about this octopus relationship, his octopus teacher. He said mentorship, it was like a mentorship-like relationship. It was teaching him a lesson on the fragility of life and humanity's connection with nature. An octopus was teaching this man so many fascinating things. And as I watched it and walked away from it, I was asking myself the question, who teaches me? What are the things in my life that teach me? And I don't know about you if you've got an octopus in your story, but what are the teachers? I think many of us can draw on people. We could draw on literal teachers from education systems. We have things that have taught us through the years. But I was asking the question, what is it that teaches me today? And as I'm processing this, it dawns on me that actually over the last couple of years, I have had a teacher. And i got to tell you something about this teacher it has been a love and a hate relationship that I've had with this teacher. But I'm reminded of one thing, that Jesus tells me to consistently, to continually be a learner, to be a student under the teacher that I could learn from. And keeping in mind just one thing, with all of the many teachers that we could place into our life, there is actually one teacher, and he is the ultimate teacher, and his name is Jesus. But what in the last couple years has taught me? You see, as I'm learning and I'm watching my octopus teacher, I'm learning that this new teacher in my life is teaching me some things about the church. 
In fact, he's teaching me about the church capital C worldwide, and he's also teaching me about small C church, which is you and I here today, gathering whether in the room or online with us. But this teacher is teaching me some things, and it is here where this whole series is birthed from, from this crazy documentary called My Octopus Teacher. So if you have your Bibles today, I'm going to go to one verse. This is going to be the verse that I'm looking at for the topic in which we are speaking on today. Out of John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. I have the words on the screen for you as well. But it reads this, and I think many of you are familiar with this verse. And if you aren't familiar with this verse, this is probably one of the most worldwide known verses when it comes from the Bible. And it says this, For God so loved the... Now, interesting... Because moments ago, Pastor James just talked to us about, in the beginning, God. And God created this thing called a world. And God is very passionate about this world. His creation from trees, oceans, mountains, and everything else in between. But then there's you. And I'm looking at the lens of this verse this way, though, today. For God so loved people that he decided to give his only son. To come into this earth to die for your sin, to die for my sin. God sends his own son so that you and I would not perish but have everlasting life. This is the invitation of following Jesus Christ that when you submit your life to him, you too can experience this. That you can understand the, the freedom and the hope that Jesus brings to you and I today. I love what verse 17 also says. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the people through him. God's not really into the business of saving trees and water. He came for people. God so loved the world. God so loved people. So as we've read the word of the Lord together today, let's pray. Father, I thank you for these moments that are in front of us. I'm asking that you bring a clarity to this teacher. I pray today that you would speak and capture our hearts to yours. I ask that you would be lifted up and that Holy Spirit, you would make the things stick that need to stick in me and in us. And we give you thanks, honor, and glory for these things and pray them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, Amen. Here's, here it is. This is the brand new series that you are walking into with me for the next six weeks. And this is my teacher. This series is called My COVID Teacher. Now, I want us to know that over these last several months and couple years, there are two quotes that are really driving my mind right now. The first one comes from Nelson Montero, where he said, Disorientation leads to reorientation. We've talked about this in previous weeks, but then this next one from Robert Madu says that your greatest ability is your adaptability. Have anybody of you noticed that you had to be quite adaptable through this last season of your life? Oh, just me. Okay, uh, that's great. But we know that these quotes, they speak directly to this thing called COVID that is around us. But we're asking the question of with all of the disorientation, what's the reorientation? See, if God allows some things to happen over here, how does he allow some more things to happen over here to better the story? 
Not only that, it proves something to me about humanity. And this is why God has made you and I so special today, is that our greatest ability is our adaptability. That no matter what comes your way, if you allow Jesus to be center point in your life, you can adapt to anything that is thrown your way. Now, as pastor, I want you to, to, to hear this for just a moment. Our responsibility as pastors is to shepherd what is known as the flock. Biblically, I could show this to you over and over. But the responsibility is for pastors to lead their sheep in teaching, in correction, perhaps redirection. Perhaps we need to teach some things that are harder at times. And I got to tell you that through this last season of my COVID teacher for me, it has never been harder than to lead sheep, or even myself for that matter. But this one thing I know about shepherds, and a good shepherd, is that a shepherd wants safety for his flock. I believe that's biblical. I believe that this is the image of God himself who wants to be a safety place for you. He wants to be a protection. He wants to be a refuge. And I want you to know my heart and the heart of this pastoral team is we want safety for you even though this COVID teacher has been teaching a lot of things. So as we enter into this series, I, I really do enter with a deep humility. And I say that because I know we all have opinions. I, I know we all have thoughts. But what I want to do is draw out some truth and align it back to what God has to say about the narratives that are happening in our culture. So in the last couple of weeks, I went to social media and I asked the question, Tell me thing one, thing two, and thing three that you have missed the most in COVID. I had about 53 different people respond to me with the things that they missed the most. And I don't know if you've asked yourself this question, but what did you miss the most when it was happening in COVID? And you could tell somebody beside you. You could type it into the chat. But I actually took all of the results and I kind of put them together. Here are some of the things that people said that they missed while through COVID. Uh, someone said unity. Someone said live sports, theater, or movies. These are things people miss. One person said that they missed school. Non-student had to be a parent, right? Like, let's be honest with that. Uh, some people said that they love work. Some person, <laughs> there were some really good ones too. Someone said that they really missed licking their fingers to open produce bags at grocery stores. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I love that. I think that's pretty funny. Someone even said that they missed actually just being able to go out and to dance with their love. I thought that was a beautiful picture of what could happen. But then there, there was this one. Someone said that they missed Costco food samples. Come on, somebody. Anybody? Anybody? Come on. Like, hello. Yeah, I was there actually just on Friday. I'm walking through and I knew this answer was there and I'm walking through and I'm like, I sure miss this too actually right now. And I'm walking along dejected and worn out through being drugged through Costco. And all of a sudden someone says, you want a sample? And I instantly looked and I'm like, and they were offering laundry detergent. Which doesn't taste good. I'm just kidding. Like, like I, I, we miss certain things, but on this list, the third most missed thing that people said was this thing called travel. The second thing was family. And the very first thing that people missed the most, and this is our subject for my COVID teacher start today, is people and relationships. Did anybody miss people? 
Did anybody miss relationships? Because this is what you were saying to me in a little model on social media. What do you do when you miss something so much? What do you do? I mean, we're starting to answer some of these things. Like, like when I miss something so much, I think about it a lot. I, I yearn for it. Sometimes I look for the next best thing, which is always not helpful some of the time, right? But I, I, I do whatever I can to get it as soon as I possibly can. I'll, I'll do anything to make it happen. I'll, in fact, I'll reevaluate my schedule to just see these people. We understand that through COVID, we missed Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries, church, connect groups, sports. I mean, the list can go on and on. But overwhelmingly, the, the comment was, I miss people. I miss my relationships. So let me make a couple of disclaimers about my COVID teacher before I continue today and receive perhaps your feedback. A couple of things that I've noticed are these. Following the law and the public health orders is a wrestle for many of us, right? Like we do wrestle with some of the things that have happened. And it is what it is. But I, I know this about this church and our position. We have done our best to adhere to the law of our government because I believe it's biblical. I see that in scripture that we are to submit ourselves. And we as a church are no better than anybody else in this world and we follow what God asks of us, and so we try, but we wrestle. I've noticed this still, like today, people are still hesitant with this COVID thing. There's fear everywhere still, anxiety. People don't know what to do, and, and, and I don't know what your position may be, but we're wrestling, even with that. I've noticed that everybody thinks that they're an expert today. Have you noticed this? Are you sitting beside one? No, don't, do, don't answer. Uh, that could get you into trouble. We, we are noticing that everybody thinks they're an expert. Folks, I got to tell you, that's not true. It's just not true. So quit it. It's okay to be informed. No doubt about it. But let's let the experts be the experts in their fields. I've also noticed that COVID has retrained some of us in not so good ways and in some good ways. Remember I said that my COVID teacher, I got a love-hate relationship with this thing right now. And we're going to talk about the things I love about COVID. Yeah, go figure, right? Eh? Some of the things I love. There are a lot of things that I hate. And the last one that I want to just bring to our attention is that immunocompromised, it matters right now. And we can't ignore that this is a reality for people. And so immunocompromised, you're going to have an ability to read the lens of what I'm about to say, as you will. COVID taught us this thing called isolation. Yeah? I want to make a declaration today. Isolation is a tool of Satan. I said it. God's intention for you and I is to be in community, is to be with people. Our physical distancing has unfortunately brought relational distancing. And I got to tell you folks, this is very dangerous for us today. I understand the physical distancing, but when we separate relationship here, this is not God's desire for your life and in my life. 
want to know why this matters a lot right now because in this community, perhaps by a person that is sitting in this room beside you right now or whether you were online, this is what I saw in this house as my COVID teacher is showing me things. People were lonely. A lot of people communicated their loneliness. And you know what some of the loneliness did to them? It allowed them to go to behaviors and addictions that are not helpful for their life. Countless people I've talked to who are struggling with depression. Horrible. But this is the reality in which they are leading today. I've watched fear and anxiety run rampant in a lot of people's minds. And at times I've had to check that in my own, my own head and my own heart. I've watched marriages broken in this last season. I've even watched marriages divorce and split. This is horrible stuff that we are seeing. And like I, I mentioned just moments ago, we've witnessed experts galore. I don't know how helpful that is. We were told, we were told to, in this pandemic, to isolate. But what I fear that it has done is it's created an epidemic in people's lives as well. And like I am contending for, this is not God's intention for our lives. Through COVID, you and I, we have formed new habits. And from this stage today, I'm asking you to undo some of those habits because people and relationships matter to Jesus. And we have to listen to that authority in our lives. So please do not twist my words today. I am stating our problem, the thing that we missed, people, relationships. I'm talking to us about our civic mandates, the things that are in front of us. But then to say that people matter. Your relationships matter. And guess what? Jesus wants to use you to see those people and to those relationships to matter. I'm, did you perhaps, like me, take your relationships for granted? Ever think about this through this period of time? Like, it was in front of us just years ago. You could do it however you wanted to. But the moment that it was taken away, did you ever notice the tension in your life? Did you take for granted, perhaps, the relationships that were around you, the people that were around you? And then I want to ask you one question. Knowing that my COVID teacher is saying to us today, people and relationships matter, keep in mind this, disorientation always leads to reorientation. Here's the question. Knowing what we missed, what will you now do to reorient yourself in moving forward with people? What will you do? How do we make the gospel clear to your life and to your story? Something was stripped away from us and it didn't feel good. And we know why. It's because in the kingdom of God, relationships matter to him. My COVID teacher saying to me today, people, relationships matter, so now what can I do? And here's the catch. You see, today, like today, right now, October 17? October 17. We have permission to be with people. 
So what are we going to do to reorient ourselves for something maybe that we took for granted? or we, we, What can we now do today to make this work? And so I want to propose three Jesus steps that we should be living out as we combat the isolation and the relational distancing that has hurt us. Number one, groups gathered matter. So I know that when I talk about groups, many of us have this immediate like, ah, don't know, don't know if I really want to do that. Because oftentimes we think when it comes to uh, groups, we think large. We think that it is, is, is very big. And I know that some of us are agitated with the group thing. And that's okay. But did you also know that small is a group size as well? Like small is something that we can also do today. Unfortunately, the first thing we think about when it comes to groups and spaces now is this. Will I get infected? Which is sad. It's a little bit of a reality. But I want us to be reminded of Scripture and what Jesus wants for you and I. So in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25, it reads this. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. And let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. This is the hard part, as some people do, are doing, or have done. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, Jesus doesn't want us to neglect the gathering because there's something powerful in the gather. Jesus himself modeled this perfectly to you and I today. He had lots of groups that were trying to follow him. He had large groups, so much so that he had to withdraw at certain points. But then Jesus practiced small really well, and I think that that's where we have to look at, especially in this culture today. Jesus had a group of 12. I mean, 12 disciples that he hung out with. He lived with them consistently. Everything they did together, it was beautiful. He even dwindled that down to a group of three. And then Jesus did this better than anybody else I see. Is Sometimes he went to the one-on-one moment where he was just able to speak to a person. Like, that's the power of the group. That's the power of what can happen there. And this is who Jesus did his life with. This was spiritual. It was relational. It was familial. And I understand that because of the isolation that surrounds us, we have to get back to the capacity of loving our relationships again. This matters to Jesus, and it should matter to you and I. So what do these groups look like in your life today? And here's the the fun part about where we're at in our culture today is that even when it comes to in-person church, you could still be at home watching wherever you may be because we have an online support system as well. There really is no excuse for anybody anymore to have some sort of form of community. It's the choice, though, that comes down to you and I. And like I mentioned earlier, we need to be smart. We still desire God's safety in this process still. But please see, God's intention is together, not isolated. He wants something for you. The part that really makes me struggle as a pastor in this season is new people who have moved into the area. 
Can you imagine what it looks like to have to move from a city to a city, coming into a place where you don't know anybody because nobody wants to talk, nobody wants to be on your side, nobody wants to, you fill in the blank. Like my heart breaks for people who are trying to fit in and trying to get connected. That's why connect groups are such a vital part of who we are as a church and what we want to see. Because oftentimes, and please hear me with this, you know, this people relationship thing is more about them than it is about you. Like your life matters. Well, I don't want to be with that people, but that person may need you in your life as well. So there's something here that we have to look at. And so what are you willing to do moving forward to make sure that people will be included because groups gathered matter. In John chapter 4, Jesus encounters this woman, and it tells us that she's a Samaritan. And quite early on in the conversation, the Samaritan woman stops Jesus like, why are you talking to me? Because the Jews and the Samaritans do not talk together. Like, this is, this is not good. In fact, you're a man... I'm a woman, that's another level that we can't talk about. And so instantly we start seeing these things. Jesus is trying to talk to her about that he is the well of life, the springs of living water. You'll never be thirsty again. She doesn't understand it. And at one point he's like, go home and tell your husband. And she's like, I don't have a husband. He's like, you're right, you've got five. And the guy you're living with isn't even your husband. Hello. And instantly Jesus could look at her as an adulterer or he brings value to her life. Zacchaeus, out of uh, Luke chapter 19, tax collector, sinner, people hate Zacchaeus. He's not a good dude. He's got a reputation that goes before him. He's a cheater. He's a steal. He's very short as well, it says in the Bible. So much so that he has to climb this tree because Jesus is in town and he wants to go see Jesus. So he climbs in this tree. Jesus is walking by. He looks up. He sees Zach hanging out in the tree. He's like, what are you doing, guy? I want you to come down and I want, I actually come into your house. And Zacchaeus, can you imagine him being in the tree? He's like, Jesus, you're going to come to my, you don't deserve to be in my house. Do you not know who I am? People do not. Jesus is like, let's go have, let's go have some McDonald's. Probably not. He didn't say that. Mark chapter 1, Jesus encounters this person who is a leper, diseased, outcast in society. There was a stigma attached to lepers. He didn't do anything with them. They were not welcomed. And Jesus, in a phenomenal moment with everybody around him, looking seeing what he was about to do, walks up to this leper as dirty and as diseased as he was. He heals him. Jesus, do you know that he's a leper? Yeah. Jesus, do you know that that's, yeah. He does it. John chapter 3. I just read you a verse out of there that said, For God so loved the world, You know who Jesus was telling that story to? This guy by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a long-term follower. He had a religious part of his life that Jesus wanted to have an encounter with. And Jesus and him are talking about what does it take to be born again? Because it doesn't compute in Nicodemus' mind. I can't go back into my mother's womb. That's odd. I'm a grown man. And Jesus is telling him another story. And he begins to have this interaction with this religious 
religious mindset that Nicodemus is bringing. And I look at all of these stories to make my second point to us today, and it is this. It is time for us to remove the barrier and to see the person. Each character that I just communicated to you on had barriers that we would disqualify them in today. Broken marriage, adulterer, sinner, cheater, diseased, lacks understanding. Remove the barrier, and it's time for us to see the person. Please keep in mind that Jesus was physically present with every single one of these people. Culturally today, we have many barriers that we notice around us. Color, masks, vaccines, relational status. But behind that barrier is a person. And guess what, church? God wants you to be there for that person. He needs you to be there for that person. Will you, can you drop the barriers, the labels that you are placing on others to see the value of the person? For God so loved people that he gave his son to be that example, and Jesus wants you. My question is, who are these people in your life today that you could remove the barrier on? This summer, we had a series on the one another, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we talked about how you and I are to be Christ's ambassadors which means we're sent into different countries. We're sent into different scenarios. And if you just look at it today from certain ambassadors being sent into certain countries of our world, they don't have the best situation that they're walking into either. And Jesus is sending us into a cultural pandemic, and he is saying, I want you to be my ambassadors, but folks, will you remove the barriers and love the person? Jesus is asking us. Let me wrap this thing up. The third thing I want us to see today is it's time to place seeds of value. Did you miss people in this last season? Because I think we did. We miss people so much, and now it is time for the church to take back that territory. Craig Foster spent a year underwater with an octopus. He allowed that octopus to teach him certain things about his life, about what would begin to take place. Craig Foster spent a lot of time and energy to learn from an animal. And this is what I'm wondering. I'm wondering what would it look like if we had the same approach and desires, Craig, except we used it with the person of the Holy Spirit. What would it look like if for this next year, you woke up every day, hey, Holy Spirit, good morning to you. What's the lesson that you want to teach me today? What are the things that I could listen to as you begin to speak that into my ear about these seeds of value? Who today, Holy Spirit, can I invest these seeds into and speak value over their life? And some of us have it really easy when you live in a multi-person family. Whether you have a spouse or kids, there's a great... Br- breeding ground right there to begin to throw seeds of value into that moment. 
And then there are the other moments where it's like, hey, Holy Spirit, I know today that in my journey you're going to take me here and there and you're going to have people all around me. What would it look like if we had that octopus teacher mentality and said, show me, Holy Spirit, who I can invest into today? Where are the seeds that I could throw so that people would see Jesus? And I believe, folks, that it is here in those divine encounters where Jesus will begin to move and act in your life. Jesus himself. He spoke value over people. And guess what? You have an opportunity to throw value into people's lives as well. If people in relationship matters, if our COVID teacher is telling us that this matters, what are we going to do to reorient ourselves to get back to people, to get back to the heartbeat of God and to see people loved by God again? This is what our challenge is in front of us. And I can't tell you how excited I am to dare you today, pray the prayer. Holy Spirit, who today can I invest in? And you watch what he begins to do with your life. For God so loved people that he gave his son so that nobody would be without. Our COVID teacher has taught us that people and relationships matter. So it's time to remove the barriers and to get back to what this is all about. And I am excited to make this count with you. Church, will you stand with me this morning? We're going to pray. With all eyes closed, heads bowed in this place, I'm going to ask a question that I just want you to process for 30 seconds, and it is this. What relationship can you invest in today? What relationship can you invest in daily this week? And perhaps ask the Holy Spirit, what will this look like every single day for a year to be with you, to let you speak to me and to reveal to me the direction you have for me? Oh, let him speak to you. May we be a church today where groups gathered matter because that relationship is critical to your soul. Let us be a church that removes the barriers and see people, even when you disagree with them, see people. And may you be a people who will throw seeds of value and speak life and hope. So Jesus, I ask that you would be with us as a church community and family, that you will help us today under the tutelage of you through this thing called COVID to see that people and relationships matter. Help us, Jesus, to walk into this week and to see where we can invest in others. Help us today to reorient the disorientation that was brought. Help us to say, okay, I missed this that much. Now this is what I'm going to do about it to change it. Because the reality is, is that control rests with us. So help us to be a people that move towards others. That we would be Christ's ambassadors who's looking to reconcile a world to himself. So teach us and use us, I pray. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Perhaps you are here this morning or you are online with us. And you've never really had a relationship or an encounter with this God. 
And I'm here to tell you today, let's make it quite personal. For God so loved the world, for God so loved people, but say this with me, for God so loved me. See, God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And the invitation is that he sent his son to die for your sin and for my sin. And it comes to a submission of my life saying, God, I need you. And I accept your son as that gift today. And if that's you today, all you have to do is just say that to him right now. God, I'm a sinner. But I see that you love me enough that you sent your son. And I want to give my life to you. If that's your journey today, go ahead. Utter those words. And we also would like to come alongside of you in that journey as well. And if you are making a decision for Jesus or you're curious to know more about him, text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113. One of our pastors will be there to come alongside of you to make sure that you know these steps and these moments that you are walking into. Church, I hope that this week you have a great week hearing from our teacher in heaven about what he has for you. This Wednesday night, if you're curious to pick apart this message a little bit more, join us at Continue the Conversation. It's an online group, but it's part of that community gathered matters as well. And like Pastor James said moments ago, in a couple moments, we are moving to our First Steps lunch. So if you are brand new and you've registered with us, that's great. But you know what? We have some extra spots. If you're new here today or you're just wanting to be a part of the life of this church and learn a little bit more about what God has for you, we're going to ask you to hang out in this space right here until 1230. And then we're going to take you to the lunch. And we're going to have some time together there. But church, we love you. Have a fantastic week. And we will see you soon. Make sure you see Pastor James in the Welcome Center if you are new with us today. Church, have a great week.